Adam, I got to tell you, it's been a long haul to get to this moment, to hear your voice, but God damn, am I so, I'm so glad we're here. Well, for, yeah, for the listeners uh, benefit, we should just say that we have spent way, way, way too long battling ridiculous technical difficulties. New year, new things to troubleshoot is what they say. And we're two guys who spend a lot of time on the computer and on video chats. This is not our first rodeo here, people. Okay. Sure felt but like our first rodeo. It's behind us now. Here we are. Man. And how how are you? Who are you? Well, my name's Adam that. Flaherty. That's that's who I am. Uh one of the hosts of Modern Dadhood, this podcast. We're we're doing everything out of order, but that's okay because this is our first episode of 2024. Why don't noise maker sound? <laughs> This is Modern Dadhood, an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Like I said previously, my name's Adam Flaherty. I'm a dad of two amazing daughters who are on the verge of 10 years old and 7 years old. And I myself am on the verge of 41. (laughs) But why don't you tell uh, our friends listening who you are, man? I'm... On the verge of tears most days now. <laughs> <clears throat> my name is Mark Checketh. I too am a dad. I have two children, both boys, twins, turning six years of age in a little over a month. And we, despite how we might come across, are not parenting <laughs> experts by any no. means. Nah, not even close. It's we're, not even close. We're a couple of dinguses who enjoy being dads and enjoy learning from other dads and enjoy talking to each other about being dads, but we're not expert dads. You know what I'm really good at, though, is drinking drinking this beer right now. Hey, your voice sounds mm-hmm. a whole lot better than it did the last episode. You must be feeling oh. better. Are you on the mend? Thanks, dude. Yeah, I am feeling so much better. Listeners will know uh, that I told a whole sob story in the last episode about how sick I've been. And I'll say this, I feel um, uh, so much better. I still have a pain in and around my left lower lung lobe. So like, I don't sneeze because if I sneeze, it's, it's, I get a stabbing pain in my side. So, so do you do that thing where you not gone pinch yet. your nose when you feel one coming on? Yeah, and I can't stand it. I hate it. It's the Ooh. worst thing. Sneezing is such a great re- release. Yeah. You know? It's such a wonderful feeling to sneeze and to hold it back. Oh, God, it's just horrible. I have discomfort when I see somebody else do that. It's not good for anybody involved. Okay. I grew up with a, a friend who did that regularly. He had bad allergies and he was sneezing all the time and he would hold him in like that. Willie, Willie, if you're listening, I'm talking, I'm talking about you, man. I remember trying to do it once and I almost cried. It hurt so bad. And I said, never again will I try to hold in Don't do it. a sneeze. But now Don't you have, you're that guy. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate it. But uh, no, thanks for asking, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm almost back to normal. I'm just not, you know, there quite yet. Yeah. Maybe I'll never be there. Maybe that's it. Maybe this is my life now. I don't know. I don't know. Can't imagine all of that's going to make it into the episode. <laughs> start. <laughs> then you've got does, another hey, thing coming. But if it does, listen, listeners, thanks for sticking it out because we got some good stuff in this episode. I promise. Yeah, this is a, actually a great uh, episode of Modern Dadhood. But and before we tell you uh, the format of this episode, we should mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. that all episodes of the podcast are available on moderndadhood.com, where you can search by things like uh, episode topic, if there's a topic you're particularly interested in, if there is a, a guest that you heard maybe we had on the show in 2021, and mm-hmm. you, you want to mm-hmm. find that episode, you type that into the search box and that episode will come up. But all of our episodes are also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Amazon Music and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And we encourage you to go back, go back into the back catalog because there's some there's some pure gold, if I can be honest about it. I, I, mean, I think you should be even more honest than that. Try that again. There is some gold bullion <laughs> in the back catalog of Modern Dadhood, the podcast. 
There, there are some boulder-sized nuggets of pure, uncut <laughs> platinum, unoxidized <laughs> cubic zirconia. We should also invite our listeners to uh, please subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a review. Would you mind? I mean, did you tell any of your friends about the podcast at your holiday parties? We had a specific ask. It was did we don't you do ask. It? We don't ask much. But we did ask for you to corner, I believe I said corner <laughs> someone at a party. So I, I expect that uh, I expect that that happened. Okay. And if the answer is no, you can still text somebody right now. You could. Why don't we, why don't we, why don't we just wait? Well, we'll hold for you while you text a friend and say, please check out Modern Dadhood. Adam, um, have we spoken since, well, since Christmas? Uh, I don't think so. I'll say that I texted you probably two dozen times between Christmas and now, and uh, I was starting to wonder if you you, may (laughs) have perished. But did you you have a good Christmas with the kids? I had had a great Christmas. It was a a rather low-key holiday. And that was welcomed. That's nice. We saw family. We, uh, the kids had a, kids had an awesome time. We gave them some really fun gifts, including a, uh, a Nintendo switch. Oh, 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 you just, we brought some video games into into the equation. Into a whole new world there for your kids, huh? We did, but it's been uh, actually a really fun family activity. Oh, that's nice. I mean, you, I, I've been playing more Mario Kart than I have since oh, 2006. Yeah. You crushing bones? Are you, th- are you showing your kids how it's done? Oh, or yeah. Are you, you hanging back a little bit, letting them feel like they... Uh, no, I talk a lot of trash. I, <laughs> I win almost every time. Nice. We got, we got a bunch... We got the kids a bunch of Hot Wheels <clears throat> tracks. Nice. And ec- extra boosters, new cars, all sorts of fun stuff like that. And that's kind of been our sort of go-to like family thing that we do. And it's hilarious. Like I, I, uh, was it yesterday? No, it was when all your troubles seemed so far away. So far away. Um, no, the other day, I think I, I want to say I was maybe over visiting my brother for a little bit. Just, just he and I I just had a little bro time with my brother. Oh, Brian, actually. The other one. (laughs) (laughs) So close. You caught, you caught yourself. Um, yeah, my brother, Brian, uh, who lives up here and that joke, by the way, that's, that's, that's a years long recurring joke. I think it's, it might be the longest running gag in the show. I mean, it might even be longer than Mark Andrew. It might be. It actually might proceed. (laughs) It might proceed Mark Andrew. Well, anyway, I got home from hanging out with him for the afternoon and I come in and I go to the kitchen where I see my kids and Jamie uh, on the floor. Jamie is surrounded by this serpentine and totally badass Hot Wheels track. Like, because it goes just, over her back? It's, it's going around the back of her and like underneath things and over <laughs> things. And she's all, all the boosters are turned on. So it's just this like sound that's that's happening. And the boys are just running back and forth. And she's got this smile on her face. And it's just the it's a super fun thing to see how my wife has become this like mom to two boys who are such boys about things like cars and trucks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and she just gets right in there along with them. And it's awesome to see. I, love um, that. I will say I completely redesigned the track once I got home. Well, yeah, I mean, you understand physics. <laughs> uh, here's the best gift, though, that I got. This was from Jamie. Is it a coaster? It's a coaster. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to read it um, for the benefit of our listeners. It's a it's a coaster and it's lime green with a a electric blue border Uh and in a uh, serif font. It says, here we fucking go again. I mean, good morning. Yeah, I think that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. Hilarious. It's now a fixture of my desk. It's great. Uh, all right, let's get ourselves back on track. Come on. Would you just get back on track, Adam? I'm tired of the shenanigans. 
I think we should describe to our friends listening what the format of this show is, this episode is this today. This episode or the normal show? This episode is a special one. I think we're going to go ahead and call this a, a, a best of. Yeah, I think it's we're like gonna a clip best of. Show. Yeah, we're best gonna, of 2023. Here's what's happened over the course of the last week and change. Adam and I have, have gone back in the archives. I don't know about you, but I only went back to 2023. That's what we were doing, right? Just yeah, the last exactly. year. Yeah, okay. I thought that's how that worked. Okay, great. I'm glad we covered that before we started recording tonight. We went back through the archives, 2023, listened to some of our past episodes for some of the, 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 the juicier, some of the meatier, some of the more interesting, intriguing clips. And we compiled those. And we're going to go through, we're going to like a tick list. We're just going to go back and forth and we're going to talk about some of our favorite interview moments, I guess. I chose three of them and I put them in order. Is that what you did too? I chose three of them and I put them in order. Is that what you did? (laughs) That's precisely (laughs) what I did. So I guess we should start with uh, number three. Do you want, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. You know what? I'm going to put money on We've, we've got some of the same ones. We've definitely have some of the same <laughs> no ones, question. but I was, I was going to put money on the, our, our number ones being the same, but I, oh. you, su- you, su- you, sir, surprise me sometimes. <laughs> so I, I'm just, I won't go that far, but we've definitely, we definitely picked, I don't know what we're going to do when that happens, but we, we've, we definitely picked the same ones. Probably. At least once. Well, yeah. let's find out. Okay. Let's find out. Why don't you go first? What's your number three? And I would say like, let's try to give, like, we'll give a little bit of context. I have a little context. This probably is the most of the context. But let me interrupt and just say, we will also link to all of these episodes in the show notes for this episode. Click on it. It'll bring you right to that episode. And if you haven't heard it, give it a listen. Okay. Here's my number three pick. Okay. Number three. Episode 87. Do you know it? Mm, not offhand. Oh, okay. Okay. So we didn't, we, we didn't pick the same one uh, for this one. We interviewed a, a, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Mark Groman. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. He is a uh, privacy professional, the first chief privacy officer of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission. And he served in the Obama administration. You know, I had to pick somebody that was associated with Obama, right? Absolutely. It, it turns out many of our guests are connected to Barack Obama. And I, and I actually, as often as we joke about wanting to have Obama himself on as a guest, uh, I think it's more or less a coincidence that our guests have uh, worked in his administration. Coincidence or the universe bending. Perhaps, perhaps giving us a sign. Yeah, maybe. Go on. That one was a two-parter. Uh, and this mm-hmm. episode 87 was the first, was, uh, the first part. Conversation was enlightening, but also a little frightening. We talked about uh, devices, our kids' connection to, you know, their friends and the online world. Uh, I learned a lot in that episode, but in this particular part of the interview, we were talking about passing notes around maybe in the classroom and getting caught when we were kids. Yeah, sure. And how we would be mortified because maybe the teacher would read aloud the thing in the note. And, you know, on one side, you're maybe embarrassed, but, 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 you know, worst case scenario, it's bad. And the, and the principal gets brought in and the, and the parents get brought in. We were talking about how that's sort of a a situation that we remember, but how these days sort of equivalent of that is much more amplified. You know, mm-hmm. it's not relegated to just the classroom, just that week. If we make a misstep and are caught uh, now, it, the repercussions could be much greater. Uh, and a lot of that's due to the connectivity and how many people you're, you know, potentially maybe connected with. And he just had some fantastic thoughts around how we as parents can get a little bit more maybe familiar with those things, you know, those places that. Our kids are spending their time. And I think uh, it's a good place for our listeners to uh, jump into that conversation. Well, let's throw it to another Mark with a C. Mm -hmm. Mark Groman. (laughs) 
better analogy might be passing a note in class, which I was notorious for in high school. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right? Where you write something stupid or it's the picture of a teacher or whatever it is, yeah. right? And you never intend it to be disseminated or seen widely. And then the teacher grabs it, reads yeah. it to the class, whatever it is, and it lands somewhere else. But it's still not not even close. Do we get that? Do we understand that meaning like we, the parents who kind of remember passing notes, you know, in, oh, no, in a class? No. I mean, know? that is... Uh, so parents really do need to understand the technology your kids are using, the platforms they're on. And I don't mean or expect parents to have to understand every nuance mm-hmm. and every technical platform control. It's impossible. They evolve. We can't keep up. Um, but you, we do need to understand at a minimum, what are the tools on a given platform? Is it group chat? Is it only one-to-one chat? Can they chat with strangers? Is it restricted to certain groups? Um, Is it allowing for posting? Is it photographs? Is it location tracking? Those are some of the basics that's important to understand about uh, a given app so that we can talk to our kids about it Uh, and, and, and we can understand it and they can understand that. Good clip, man. Good clip. I actually had another clip of that I really liked. Tough shit, but you know, because we're because we're doing three each. <laughs> but but yeah. But I thought to myself, I thought to myself, you idiot. That will not fly in this format. No, of course not. <clears throat> I think that that was an awesome one that you shared. Uh, my number three is from a gentleman named Shane Burkaw. Mm, Shane mm. Uh, in this clip explains his and his wife's decision to make their private journey of trying to conceive via IVF as an interabled couple. So Shane, his whole life, he's been in a wheelchair. His wife is not physically disabled. They're trying to conceive via in vitro fertilization. I know for you and me, Mark, you know, privacy is very important to the point that we don't even share our kids' names, you know, regularly on this podcast. Shane and Hannah, basically everything they do is public on their YouTube channel, on their podcast. And so whether they like it or not, because they have this very public persona, that part of their life is something that people are going to know about intimately. So I really enjoyed revisiting that chat with Shane and hearing him speak again about their decision to share their life publicly. I am certainly more open to sharing my life with the world and is not. Mm. Um, And that's been an interesting dynamic for us from the beginning of our YouTube days. When we began YouTube, I had already been writing a popular blog sharing everything about my life um, for like six years prior to that. So um, that helped me become comfortable with sharing the intimate details of my life and not letting it bother me if people, you know, had uh, (laughs) negative feedback about that. Um, Today, you know, we are both like very comfortable we're sharing our lives online. We, we believe in our mission, which is to improve the way that society understands disability. And to do that, we share our honest, authentic lives with people. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe in it and we enjoy it, but that's not to say it's not extremely hard at times. And this IVF journey was the first time that we really kind of sat down and had a serious talk about like how are we going to handle this yeah. because normally in our videos we don't like plan out what we're saying mm-hmm. we just pick up the camera and film whatever is on our mind at that moment but for the IVF stuff we were like let's not do that because we don't want to regret it if this is really emotionally uh challenging for us we don't need the 10,000 people saying oh, you shouldn't have done this, you know, like right. whatever, whatever nonsense they'll come up with. So we're being very careful. We are uh, not going to share any kind of play-by-play when we begin. We're not going to like, 
update the world on dates and mm-hmm. all that. Um, I think we'll do it privately, give ourselves time to experience it and process, and then document it after the fact. Mark, what's your number two? My number two was around 7.30 this morning. Mark, oh, Mark like Andrew, check like it. what I did there? Cut that out. Potty for jokes, sure. for real? Are we, not, uh, are we not beyond that stage? No, never. All right, here, okay, this is my, this is my number two. In um, episode 91, we spoke to one Victor M. Sweeney, mm-hmm. who, uh, besides being a uh, dad to, of four, I believe, he is also a funeral director, uh, a mortician, and an all-round interesting and downright great dude. This was, this was somebody that I had first seen on um, the Wired YouTube channel, does a series called Tech Support. Mm-hmm. And they've got people from all sorts of disciplines and, and areas of expertise talking about their thing, and they answer questions from the internet. And uh, Victor's done it at least two times, maybe more. I want to say there's four different wired videos. He's so charismatic and it's just a world that I don't spend a whole hell of a lot of time really thinking about. He's fun to watch. He's uh, extremely knowledgeable. I was just going to say very genuine. He's got a great sense of humor and it's a a field that there's so much mystery around that uh, he opens up and and speaks openly about. And, And I'll say this with, a lot of love. He like looks the part too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got. The and thick- I think he lo- and I think he loves that. But maybe he does. Maybe maybe that's. Yeah. So we talked about a bunch of stuff. My favorite part of that episode, though, was you asked him a very simple question. The question was essentially, how, how do you explain death? And he not only had like an answer just ready to go, he just had an amazing thoughtful answer at the ready that I think can be understood by just about anybody, young or old, religious or not, familiar with death or not. And if I remember, I think I asked him about it kind of in the context of when you are dealing with families where there are young kids, how do you relay the concept of death to them? But his answer makes the subject approachable to anybody. And, and, some, and sometimes when, because that's kind of a thing, right? It's like, how would you explain that to a five-year-old? And sometimes those things to an adult, you know, you, you're kind of, maybe you're kind of like, oh yeah, I, I get it. You know, I understand it because it's been dumbed down. Yeah. But, you know, we talked a little bit about how kids have this ability about them to sort of be open and, you know, ready to receive and learn sort of new and interesting things. And, you know, they don't carry with them all the baggage that we as adults kind of carry into like so many situations. And so it's harder for us to have that kind of like beginner's mind to borrow, to borrow a, 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 I don't know, Buddhist term, I think. So when he gave that explanation, it, I did not at all, like, yes, fully understandable to somebody who's six or seven years old, but in no way dumbed down. Right. I took something away from that. And I'm super thankful for the explanation that he gave. It's something that just put it into perspective for me that I don't think I could have gotten myself to otherwise. It, it's always. I guess impressive to me when there's somebody who is younger than I am, who I feel like just has so wow. much more uh, wisdom than I yeah. do, you know, sage uh, wisdom to share. And Victor is, is one of those guys. He's got it. A hundred percent. Well, let's not belabor this. Let's not belabor this, man. Let's, let's hit the, uh, let's roll the tape. Let's hit that play button. I like answering it in kind of the, the platonic fashion. Thomas Aquinas, he has rules for disputation, right? If, if you ever met with an argument, there are three things you must do. Uh, never deny, seldom affirm, and always distinguish. 
And so the way I like to explain it is this, and, and I, I explain it to, this way to Catholics. I explain it this way to uh, like atheist families. I explain it this way to like just anyone because, because I, I think we could almost all agree with it. And it's this. So there are things in this life that we, we cannot touch. We, we know they exist, but we cannot touch them. So things like love, things like justice, things like truth, mm. right? You ask a little kid about fairness, they recognize fairness. Nobody has to teach a kid what's fair, right? So th- these things exist. We don't know exactly how, but they exist out there. They're outside of us. When we live, there are things that we can touch, right? Like a chair, right? You can touch it with your hand. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. You can hold it. It's tangible. But there's a part inside of us that can touch those intangible things. And so I would say that that part inside of us that recognizes these things we cannot touch is the thing inside of us that we cannot touch. And I would call that the soul. Hmm. And so at the end of our lives, the physical part of us, we see it die. But the part of him that is intangible, that part we cannot touch, it has to go somewhere. And being that, that things like love and truth and justice are outside are outside of us, outside of our, our earthly experience, then I think it makes sense, too, that our soul then follows those things. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. Here's my number two. We actually, as it turns out, a lot of our episodes uh, in 2023 were two-parters. So this is the second part of our Chris Gethard episode. I'm so glad you said second part. Well, the first part was a total bomb. (laughs) (laughs) The first part sucked. No, I will just, just maybe I'll, maybe I'll I'll reveal it when we get to my number one pick. (laughs) Okay. Um, so Chris Gethard is, uh, uh, an amazing comedian, uh, writer, performer, actor, uh, just multi-talented podcaster, multi-multi-talented guy who I am totally in awe of. And I, I don't know, serendipitously, maybe we have had uh, two opportunities to bring him onto the podcast now, and neither of them we uh, initiated ourselves. I think we, we've joked about this like when when somebody's trying to get Chris Gethard onto your podcast, you don't say no to that. 100%. But in this soundbite that I'm going to play back, this is from the second part of our Chris Gethard episode, which is episode 84. Uh, you can find it in the show notes. Um, so we were talking about being drawn to our phones, our devices. Mm. And this is something that I struggle with. And it's actually something that I'm it's sort of a new year's uh, resolution. It's a, it's a long-term mm. goal that I'm working towards is just trying to break the instinct to always sort of reach for my phone and just be more present. We were just talking about how when he's playing with his kid, Cal, who I, I think was four or five at the time. He's probably Mm -hmm. six now. Chris has those same uh, instincts that I do. And I'm sure you do too, which is like, sometimes you got to reach for your phone and it's either you're, it's for something work related or your brain tells you, I need to scroll social media and you reach for it. And what is that modeling to our kids? And uh, Chris shares about this notion, this idea in such a a fun way. And so I'm going to play that clip right now. Chris Gethard. I think part of the rhythm of my social media checking it in front of my kids was also established when he was young. And I feel guilty saying this, but another thing I feel bad saying that I don't think people warned me about enough was like, now we're at an age where my son's about to turn four and he makes me laugh. He busts my balls in a way that <laughs> the other day I told him to drink water and he looked at me and went, I'm already hydrated, dude. And I was like, you are three and a half years old. Why are you clowning me in a way that's making me actually laugh? You know, That's great. But in the early days, like it can be pretty mm-hmm. boring. Like when you're up with a kid at three 30 in the morning and you're not allowed to make any noise. Yeah. Cause the kid's like almost mm-hmm. a back asleep and is on you and you can't go back to sleep until the kid's asleep, but you can't fall asleep until they're mm-hmm. definitely asleep. Like, yeah, I'm going to have him in my left arm and I might look at Instagram with <laughs> yeah. my right hand and you get in that rhythm, you know? And even now I have to say like, for as funny as he is now, like 
my son really loves playing with matchbox cars and it's awesome. And it brings back memories for me, but he's an only child and he needs someone to play with. And sometimes they'll say to me, daddy, do you want to play cars? And we've already played cars twice that day. And I can't pretend as a 43 year old that it's particularly exciting for me to play cars for a third round for another half hour of like, let's zoom around on the couch cushions, making noises with our mouths. And sometimes I might drift off and check my phone in those moments. And he can, he's now old enough to understand, Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. bored and it hurts his feelings. And that kills Mm -hmm. me when I give Mm -hmm. into that instinct to be like, yeah, dude, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but this game is boring and you're so excited about it. And I can feel how much of an asshole I'm being. And I'm so sorry, but I really needed to know what someone I haven't spoken to until college (laughs) thinks about the Mandalorian, you know? Here's the thing that I do to make myself feel better about, about the fact that I'm, I'm scratching my kids back as they go to sleep with my, as you put it, like with one hand, but my phone, like my phone's in my other hand, rather than mindlessly scrolling through Instagram, I've convinced myself that it's much better that I, uh, I, I bought a subscription to the New York times games app and I'm doing, Classy. I'm doing like the, it's I'm spelling doing spelling B, B. I'm doing spelling panogram. B to try to get the fucking panogram. And I've convinced myself that that's like, that's a much better thing. You're exercising to, your brain. Right. Yeah, it is. It is better. Yeah, it is better. Okay. Thanks. Good. Validated. In some small it's, way. Yes. You're it's getting your better. phone based dopamine hit through <laughs> culture. Through <laughs> the old great lady. Right. right. All right, where were we, dude? Where were we? Where, did we get to the number ones? Are these our number ones? Yeah, man, we're down to number one. Do you want to give your number one clip? I think I already know what it is. I will. Because sort of spoiled it. <clears throat> I got a little twist, though, for you. So, um, so speaking of Jamie, on my way out this morning, I said, hey, by the way, Adam and I are going to record an episode. And, you know, she gave me the whole like, oh, you're hanging out with him instead of me again. (laughs) She gave me that whole thing. I thought you said you weren't going to be doing that anymore. Yeah. I said, hey, listen, while you're home today, we're doing this best of recording tonight. I said, just if you have time and you think of like one of the episodes that you really liked, go back and listen to it. See if you can pick a moment, you know, that you think you would sort of consider one of your top favorites sure and she picked the same one the same clip even not just the same episode but the same clip that i picked okay uh, from episode 83 which is part one of the chris gethard Gethard part one yeah yeah yeah. oh i can't wait um, to see here which one it is yeah and it was i don't it was i think you already even have said the word serendipitous at one point earlier in this episode so i'm going to use that again it was quite serendipitous that she and I both just, this is why it's my, my number one um, pick. We were talking a bunch. You had, you had this great question. Um, Naturally. About the, co- about, yeah, clearly, about the context of his material. Re- there's really quite a spectrum of his audience. And um, some of them are very young and they kind of get the cool, f- fun, interesting part of, you know, I think he's used the term cutting edge at one point, part of like his his material. And yet he's also been able to sort of connect with an older audience a little Mm -hmm. bit. So we just were, we were, we were getting into talking about how the context of his material prior to having kids has sort of shifted after having, after becoming Mm -hmm. a dad Uh, and his material sort of became, I think he said, you know, like, Oh, it's the trope. The comedian goes and has a kid and all of a sudden his material is now all about his kid Mm -hmm. and being Mm -hmm. a dad. And so he he's trying to do the same thing that he did before having a cow, which was find a unique maybe perspective on something. And so we were talking about his finding a unique perspective um, or or a more more creative um, angle. And in that process, he made some revelations or, or he sort of came upon some revelations, including, you know, suddenly sort of understanding now that he's a dad, he's learning about becoming a dad. And he's trying to learn this new person, but he's also realizing that he's learning a hell of a lot about his own dad. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And this revelation is that this little bit of a story he, he sort of tells. Um, I just, I just, that's something that's come up in this podcast between you and I talking. And it's been one of those things that for me personally has been, it almost sounds silly to say it now, but I didn't expect at all after becoming a parent to suddenly think about or look back on or consider um, my own parents and what they were going through. I suddenly saw so many things from my upbringing, like my, my experiences, I suddenly saw from the, the other angle and it continues. And I imagine it will continue uh, to continue. (laughs) And so when he talked about that, it just resonated with me so much. Uh, And I've, I've often thought about some of the things that he, he talked about in that episode. That's why, that's why it's my number one pick. What do you say? What do you say we, Let's revisit. Let's get into it. Chris, come back onto the main stage, would you? I do have some insecurities about the fact that I was like a very hipster, you know, relevant in Brooklyn for many years. New York press would consistently say that I was cutting edge (laughs) for years And now I'm doing something that's very much a trope, which is a comedian has a kid and here comes the kid material. But it's, you know, if I'm going to write from a place of honesty, it's what it's going to be about right now, because it's like my whole life hit this brick wall called fatherhood. Hmm. Um, And it's a very happy brick wall to hit, but it's a brick wall, you know, all the momentum of everything else stops and at best revolves around it now. So it is what it is. Um, One of the things that's creatively been very compelling to me that shows up a little bit in the Lonely Dad conversations, shows up even more in the stand-up, is understanding my own father a lot more than I ever have. Mm. Some things that didn't make sense when they were happening to me or things that maybe caused me some questioning or anxiety or stress that I look back on now and I go, oh, how weird to be 39 when my son was born and all of a sudden go, wait... I completely get these things that seemed baffling to me 35 years ago, mm-hmm. 25 years ago. I get it now. Oh my goodness. That's what it was. He was scared or nervous or flying by the seat of his pants. And I, how could you ever know that until you're also living it? So that's a side of things that I think is maybe a little less cliche. I think, um, as someone who's like perpetually always felt a little bit, like an introvert and lonely. I think a lot of my work over the years is clearly, you know, you look at beautiful anonymous. It's me having phone calls with other people. It's me just basically trying to make friends. Like my old public access show that turned into a cable show was we took phone calls all the time. And I was just constantly like, if I feel weird, if you're weird, call it, we could be weirdos together. So the TLDR, it's like fatherhood infects my work. And I, within it, I do try to find some angles that other people maybe haven't beaten to death before. And always trying to look for, the deeper cut with all my work to just go, what's, what's the stuff other people aren't thinking about? What's the take on it that other people haven't gotten to yet that other people wouldn't see. All right, listen, what you got, what you got? I've got, I want to share my number one. I'm uh, intrigued clip. Well, my number one clip is from our, Recent episode with Pete Souza. Pete is the official White House photographer for the Obama administration, um, most notably. And in this clip, Pete is telling a great story about what it means to be a leader who demonstrates true empathy in Mm. the face of tragedy and also what it means to him to be the person capturing these moments for the world to see. This concept of empathy in leadership is something that I desperately want my kids to experience and Mm -hmm. to have modeled for them. It's something I am so uh, hopeful for in 2024. And so this soundbite, this story that he shares about Uh, empathy in the face of tragedy, specifically when 
Obama visited Sandy Hook Elementary School after the uh, terrible uh, massacre there in 2012 uh, really resonated with me. And I'm excited to reshare that small piece of that episode with our listeners now. One of the things that I always strive to do in my photography, especially during the Obama administration, was to make authentic photographs. I think a photograph can be a pow- powerful document in, 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 in some ways more so than words. It, oftentimes you could see the character of this particular man in not just the way that he went about making decisions, but in the way he interacted with other people respectfully, as you said, kindly, at times angrily, because that's, we all have those emotions occasionally, right? And understanding, you know, one, one of the, the, the first time that we had a national tragedy when he was president was a shooting at, at Fort Hood. Oh, yeah. Uh, in 2009, I think it was towards the end of the year. And I forget how many people were shot and killed, but it was, you know, it was quite a few. And you're suddenly thrust into that situation where, you know, the president flies to a memorial service at Fort Hood. But what people don't see was him having to meet each of the families what's worse than having a you know somebody in their 20s just be shot and killed and th- and their life is it, it's over you know and then you're you're the parent or in some cases the wife having to you know meet the president of the United States under these circumstances nobody teaches you there's no five point bullet list on Here's what you do when you're president of the United States and you have to go greet families after a national tragedy when a dozen people have been shot and killed. There's no like book that tells you how to do this. I could see, um, I wouldn't say nervousness, but didn't know what to expect, I guess is probably the best way to do it. And learn that, you know, people just wanted to be able to tell the president of the United States about their son or daughter or husband mm-hmm. and maybe show them pictures and they wanted maybe some of them wanted a hug you know and Michelle went on that trip as well that's something that he had to do too many times in his presidency you know in Newtown which is highlighted in in the doc film mm-hmm. was the worst of them because it involved you know 20 first grade kids you know, and think about what that's done to, you know, 20 different families. Well, man, I mean, I hope our listeners got a little bit of, of what I got from this trip down memory lane, which is uh, like sort of a renewed sense of, of what's at stake being a parent. Uh, some of the amazing things uh, and examples that are out there for us to, to all look to. Uh, for, uh, you know, becoming better parents and people, you know, all of that, all of that. And I hope that this has inspired some of you listening to go back and check out those episodes. If you didn't hear them the first time around, again, there are links in our show notes, or you can search for them, uh, search by guest on our website. Just go to the episodes page. You'll find them. Their things are easy to find. We've made things very easy for you. Look, 2024, is uh, I feel, is going to be a great year for modern dadhood. I hope that we'll get back to some of those recurring segments that have fallen off a little bit lately, because those are a lot of fun. They are. Maybe some new ones. Maybe we'll see some new ones this year. I'm looking forward to meeting some more amazing dads having some more powerful uh, funny genuine conversations and i am just very excited for what the future holds for this podcast and our listeners do we try to just squeak out a recurring segment at the end of this one i have nothing planned but if you ha- if you have something at the ready then let's do it i only thought of this 
Well, uh, about three hours ago, in, 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 during a conversation with one of my kids, to me it sort of fell into the uh, so that's a thing now category. Perfect. And let me preface this by saying I know full well what this says about me <laughs> as a parent. Uh, one of my sons, who will remain nameless, <laughs> has brought into his regular everyday vocabulary a couple of pretty innocuous, is that the word? Like non-harmful and, and non-offensive, but yet swear words into his just regular walking around vocabulary. Like walking and, around kindergarten? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I'll say this. We were, at a, uh, we were at a party for the new year over at a neighbor's house and a wonderful friends and, and, and families in the neighborhood here. We all got together, had a little bonfire and on more than one occasion, uh, more than one child came running down into the kitchen. All the kids were upstairs and they have this little movie room they built. All the kids would come running down and come up to me and they would say my son's name and they would say, he said hell. Or they okay. would come and say to him, they would say, he keeps saying, damn. <laughs> and they just kept tattling on him. And so he was funny, but it was also a little bit like, I think we've crossed into this point where he's like saying these words and it's not even, it's just become like almost habitual, mm -hmm. you know? And even tonight, I mean, tonight this is why I thought of it is I'm standing there at the kitchen table He's already taken his bath. He's got his PGs on. My other son's upstairs brushing his teeth. Like it's, we're off to, and I don't even know what we were doing. I think I was saying something about, I didn't eat dinner tonight because I worked in the office today, got home a little bit late. And um, we're just having a little conversation about that. And he's drops something as he's talking to me. And he's, ah, damn. And he goes <laughs> and he picks it up. And I said, dude, come on, man, you, we've talked about this, like, you know, and then literally like 30 seconds later, we're just back to talking about something. And, and he's just telling a story about being yeah. at school. And he was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, damn. I was like, dude, <laughs> you gotta be more aware. <laughs> like, cause it really doesn't bother me all that much, but, but coming yeah. face to face with this realization that it's like, it's just this habitual, it's just yeah. this part of his language. Like, it's not that he's like, oh, tee hee, I yeah. said a bad word. It's like, he's, he's not, even not thinking about it, not even thinking about it at all, yeah. which that's where you get into trouble. You uh -huh. know, I think at school when he's, I, I think he's, you know, to this point, up until this point, I would have said he's pretty cognizant of the fact that some words are words that maybe me and mommy are sort of okay if those yeah. words are used in the right context, you know, but that they can be harmful and they can be hurtful to people if you use them the wrong way, you know, when mm -hmm. you kind of refer to them as like ugly words, you know, when they're there. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that category that are not swear words, you know, calling someone stupid. Uh, we refer to that as an ugly, you know, word. And, you know, I think he's pretty well aware of that for the most part, but it seems... <laughs> As if perhaps he's gotten to the point where he's just not even really, he does not even really realizing that he's using some of these words regularly. And so I think we're kind of, I think perhaps the, the, so that's a thing now is that any minute we're probably going to get a call from, from the, the teacher, teacher who said, who approached yeah. him and said, you can't say damn. Yeah. And he responds with, well, what the hell do you want me to say then? <laughs> well, why the hell not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a thing now in the check it house. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just gone a little too far. Yep. Yep. Hard Oops. hard to reel it back in. <laughs> if any of the teachers are listening, I apologize. Uh, we're working on it. I guess we should probably go into the end credits. As we said at the top, uh, visit moderndadhood.com to find all of our episodes, to learn more about Mark and myself, to buy someone you care about, or to buy yourself a Modern Dadhood t-shirt or a dad hoodie, nice comfy zip hoodies. Can I just stop you right there? Please. You got the boys an amazing gift. You, <laughs> Adam just, I was on the couch 
And suddenly, ding dong, who's at my front door? It's Santa Claus. <laughs> it's announced. Flaherty. He's got a little bag that says Happy Holidays. And he's got this gift for my kids. And, and I didn't get anything at all, by the way, um, for his kids. And it, they were awesome little modern dad hood sweatshirts. And uh, one of my sons in particular has worn the shirt more times than we've been able to wash it so far. Like it's become an immediate favorite in the drawer. Good. Nice. Uh, so again, don't, don't wash it you. because the ink will come off immediately. <laughs> Is that cheap? huh? <laughs> yeah. The iron on things don't usually last that long. <laughs> um, it was an awesome gift. And thank you again, dude. You're welcome, that. man. You're it's welcome. Really I'm glad they like them. I'm glad they fit. They fit wonderfully. And they look great. Tell them about social oh, media. Yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, that's what I was going to say. You can find us and the show in places like Instagram, Facebook. Though I'm pretty sure on 20, in 2024, I'm not going to set foot on Facebook even once. I think it's fully behind me now. It's not I mean, worth 20, it. I dabbled maybe a handful of times in 2023. Not so in 2024. But the show is there. And if that's your jam, you can find us there. Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, TikTok. TikTok? Yeah, I man, we're on TikTok. There you go. It's a I've question. I, have a, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's my favorite. Um, <laughs> you can find us on all of those <laughs> platforms by searching for Modern Dadhood. Uh, you talked about dad hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, did you tell them about uh, our email address, which is hey, H-E-Y, at moderndadhood.com? Uh, you can email us or you can use the form on the website to reach out to us. And, subscribe uh, to the mailing list. Subscribe to the mailing list. You know, subscribe to the podcast. That would be great. That would be huge. Uh, you can write in and tell us what you like about the show, and uh, give us ideas. This is the beginning of a new year, so if you've got some thoughts, you, you say to yourself, "You know, I've been listening to this show since its inception, some ninety odd episodes ago." You know what they haven't touched on yet? X Y Z. With to fill in the blank. You fill that in. That's the point. That's what I'm, you fill that in, in the note that you're writing to us, and uh, we'll consider it. We'll consider it. We will. We might respond. Maybe. I won't. Adam might. Thank you. Thank you to all of our guests this past year. Oh, yeah. It has been great meeting you and getting to know you. Um, thank you to Casper Baby Pants and Spencer Alby for the music in our podcast. Uh, it wouldn't be what it is without that music. Thank you to Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for making us sound uh, as good as we do. Learn about Pete's services, uh, audio production and post-production services at redvaultaudio.com. And, and last but certainly not least by any stretch of the uh, imagination is uh thank you for listening